Um, so my name's Christian. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're here for your first time, we're excited that you are here. And uh, for all of us, we're kicking off the Advent series this year. Um, I know last week was the first week of Advent, and so um, uh, you missed it, but we kicked it off. We didn't tell you. And so this is uh, the second week, but the first week we're teaching on it. Did you follow all that? All right, good. Um, and uh, we'll, we're going to be talking about uh, Jesus Revealed, and we're going to talk about um, what Jesus, or who Jesus is as revealed through the Christmas story. Um, and I like, I like that. I like that it's following up the radical Jesus. We're really focusing on Jesus, which is a good thing. Um, I'll tell you something really cool that happened to me. I was out, um, Friday was my, my second oldest, I don't know how to say that. Friday was my daughter's birthday. One of my daughters, the one who is older than the other one. <laughs> there you go. And uh, what she wanted to do, is that right? She's my oldest daughter. And my third oldest kid? Yes. Got it. All right. Thank you, Valerie. Um, so we went to, she wanted to go to Michael's uh, and, and, and basically find crafts to do, because that's what we do on her birthday. And we got there at the same time that Freedom Outreach was buying their stuff. And it was so exciting. You should have seen um, Judy was there and Kristen and Anna. And they just had like, it was like the whole store. In, it was packed into five or six shopping carts. I got some pictures, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them um, on an overhead and share it with you next week. I want to remember to do that. But it was so awesome. Like the gen- it was like seeing the generosity of our church represented in toys. It was really cool. And um, uh, I'm excited to think of all the kids that are going to be blessed. So great job, you guys, and um, good shopping. And that wasn't even the only store you went to, right? You went to a couple another—at least Walmart, I knew, was next on the list, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Did we pray yet? No, let's pray. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for all that you've been doing already today. And I just invite your spirit to speak to us as you've been speaking through worship and prayer ministry, God, and and the words uh, from the mic. We thank you that that you're involved, that you're here, God, that you're not some distant God, that you're present, your spirit is amongst us, that you're moving and working right now. And we invite you to, to move and work through the word We invite you to come and speak to us and work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All righty. So I want to start off with a question just to kind of prime the pump here. I want you to think about a time when someone's been generous with you. So think about a time in your life when someone's been maybe extra generous, like an extraordinarily generous event in your life. Doesn't have to be money, could be anything. But think about that. You think about how awesome that feels and what what your reaction is. So when when someone's really generous with you, what's your reaction generally? All right, some cheering. How do you feel towards them? (laughs) How are you feeling right now? There you go. Bruce isn't very deep, you know, it's just, but, but it's steady, like a rock. Uh, probably gratefulness. I'll help you out. Say gratefulness. gratefulness. Thank you. Yeah, so you probably feel some gratefulness and some joy. Um, generosity is a really powerful thing. Uh, we recently, someone was really generous to us. So I did a wedding um, for some people who aren't in this church and just friends of mine. And, um, you know, usually after a wedding, you're not really expecting anything. Maybe you'll get a gift card, but, uh, you know— um, if you're thinking about it or praying about it, you know, Cheesecake Factory, just, you know, I'm just throwing that out there, but um, that's a good place. Uh, for, not for me, not for me. I'm saying just in general, in general, right. Um, but this, this family gave us like a, a, a really nice blessing and I was, I was blown away by it. And so, you know, my immediate reaction after, after like, yes, you know, that's the first thing. And then, uh, and then I 
I wanted to text them right away and say, thank you so much. This is above and beyond. You're amazing. You know, and the next time I see them, I'm, I'm going to do it again. I give them a big hug and say, thank you so much. And generosity is something that just, it, it brings people together. It, it, it uh, ignites a gratefulness and a thanksgiving in your heart. And you know what else generosity does is it breeds generosity. You know, so we were, we've, as they were generous to us, you know, Manny and I started talking about, well, how can we be generous with this? Like, what can we take from this and pass along to someone else? You know, generosity makes you want to be generous. It kind of overflows out of your life. And as I read the Christmas story, I'm always struck by the generosity of God and how overwhelming he really is in giving us Jesus. And we were totally undeserving, still are, and, and this wasn't just like, let me give you a little bit, right? This was, this was, let me wow you. Let me blow you out of the water with my generosity. Let me astound you with how much I can give you. Um, something really, really awesome happened yesterday that I just got to be a part of, but uh, Claire, who was up here before, and Sarah, uh, a couple of years ago, you've heard of this story probably, they made a meal for a family on Thanksgiving, and uh, this family, you know, wasn't going to have a meal. And so they thought, let's just, they talked to a, a local nonprofit called The Lighthouse in Oxford and, um, you know, got the names of a family there. So they took them a meal. And then last Thanksgiving, we all chipped in and we, we fed 90 people on Thanksgiving last year. Um, this year, the numbers were slightly lower, but still a good number of families. I think it was in the high 70s, low 80s that we fed and, and, uh, but this year when they were delivering, it happened to be Claire and Sarah again, actually, their specific meal, they noticed that their, this family was in a new apart, a, a different apartment than they were last time, and it was completely empty. And they have kids, and there's nothing. Like, if you imagine when you've moved into uh, maybe a new house before you bring your furniture, it's just completely bare, only this was their reality. And they were sleeping on hardwood floors. There was, there's no table, there's no, you know, no chairs, no beds, no mattresses. And this is just their reality. And it was, um, we had talked last year when we did the meal delivery, Claire and I had talked about how it was good, but missing something. And it was missing a little bit of that interaction. So like on my part, when I delivered, Mandy and I delivered our meal with Heather uh, and her family, um, we went into the apartment and we, and we spent some time praying for them and, and uh, just asking what, God, what they wanted God to do in their life. So, um, but this was like the next step, right? So uh, they have a relationship with this family because it's the third year they've done this. And they said, you know what? We should be more generous. And so as God's been generous with us, we're going to overflow generosity. So we just sent some texts around and said, anybody have any furniture laying around they don't need? And this wasn't like, hey, I'm going to take the TV off my wall, right? I mean, I found a TV in my attic. Don't you all have that? I mean, isn't that like crazy that there's people who have nothing and we have stuff that we're not using? And, you know, so I found a, a, an entertainment center at my dad's house. We found a mattress at my dad's house. I basically stole a bunch of stuff from my dad. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, we, uh, some, Claire and Steve and Jacob and Sarah found a couch and two chairs. And, and then uh, some other people are like there right now delivering two beds, two box springs, two mattresses. Um, I think Joyce is getting sheets and blankets and pillows. So we went yesterday morning and just delivered furniture. And they knew we were coming. It wasn't like a surprise delivery. Like that would have been weird. But um, and, and, and it, was, it was fantastic. And then this guy, this is what, why I'm telling the story. This guy, he was like, what can I do for you? He said, you know, 
painting. I can paint like anything at your church that needs painted. Like anybody, your, any people in your church, like what can I paint? What can I do? What can I give? And I was like, yeah, like generosity breeds generosity. And, and this guy who's got nothing is like, what can I give? Because their generosity is overflowing. And I just think that that's a contagious part of our Christianity. And I want to talk about that part of the Christmas story. So as I was reading through this year, I've actually always liked the songs in the Christmas story where Mary sings a song and Zechariah sings a song. And um, I've never known really what to teach about them, but uh, I'm going to teach on one this year because I, I love it. And there's something so honest about Mary's song that really resonates with my heart. So let's read this together. This is after the angel revealed to Mary that she'd be giving birth to the Savior of the world. And so she says, my soul glorifies the Lord. Just think about the worshipful atmosphere that these words were set in. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. I wish we could, we could like a few, when you leave today, I want you to be remembering that right there. For the mighty one has done great things for me. The mighty one has done great things for me. I'm really into memorizing small verses lately and saying them a lot in my life. Um, I have a pair of verses that I uh, recite every night before I go to bed and pray them over myself and my family. And it's just a new thing that I've been doing. And there's just, there's like a depth to it. Um, and every night I'm like, is this the night I'm going to stop? And then I do it again. So I don't know, maybe the rest of my life. Um, but this would be one to meditate on. You know, meditation in the Hebrew time meant to just say a verse over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, right? The mighty one has done great things for me. The mighty one has done great things for me. And then she says, holy is the Lord, which is kind of a, a, you know, a heavenly statement. Like we know as you read all of scripture that this is being said on a regular basis right now in heaven before the throne of God. And it's, it's, a, it's a common refrain. Holy is the Lord. So she's saying, my soul glorifies God. My spirit rejoices. You didn't forget about me when things were bad. You have done great things for me. Think about this teenage girl living in poverty who's saying, you have done great things for me. Holy is the Lord. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He's scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but he's lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Man, I love it. The Mighty One has done great things for us. So I have a couple points I want to pull out of this. The first is that, oh, I did it. See, when I'm given the power of the clicker, I sometimes forget. I apologize. I'll do better. So God knows what we need. He is mindful. He is mindful of our state. And I felt like the Lord, as I was preparing this, just began to speak to me that there's going to be people here today at these three services that need to hear this. So listen, right now, God is with you in the moment that you're in, in your life. That you, there's some people, maybe not all of us, there's some people right now who are going through something or you're waiting for something. You know that time of waiting it, it's, it begins to feel like it might take forever and you begin to lose maybe a little bit of hope or confusion begins to set in. 
or there's that, or there's a struggle that is just like this is a struggle, or is that there's that prayer. I think you even gave this word during the call forward that there's that prayer you've been praying and praying and praying, and you're just you're believing, but it's taking longer than you would like. And I feel like the Lord said that there's a number of people in those moments right now, and God wants to just say that He is with you in that moment, that He is mindful of you. He's mindful of what's going on. He's, you're not alone and you're not forgotten, right? There's a couple great verses um, that I want to just impart into your heart. So just listen to this. When Joshua was taking, the, uh, taking over from Moses as Moses passed away, this is the most important thing that God needed to say to him. He said, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not get discouraged. So you can say this over yourself. You can say, Christian, be strong and courageous, right? Do not be afraid. Do not get discouraged. Why? Because God is with me, right? That's the only thing that Joshua really needed to know. But the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So first and foremost, whoa, first and foremost, I'm getting passionate now. You better watch out, Kleenex boxes. I'm just going to test Rod's faithfulness here. I don't know. Oh, okay. This is the body of Christ at work right there. Okay. (laughs) All right. So first and foremost, before we talk about his generosity, I think we need to know that, that, you know, God is with us when things aren't going great. And that actually is a recipe for him to show off, right? For him to be generous. He says to the Israelites when they're in a place of exile, says, don't be afraid. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. He says, I am with you. Don't be afraid. I am with you. And he says to us as he sends us out into the world in the Great Commission, he says, I will be with you wherever you go to the ends of the age. It's a common theme, but it's a bedrock theme. It's a foundational truth that we need to have. We need to know it. We need to be convinced of it. That as we step out into our families, into our workplaces, into our places of education, that God is with us. That we aren't standing on our own two feet. That we aren't speaking with just our own wisdom. That the Holy Spirit is with us. He's strengthening us. He's moving in and through us. So God is with us and he knows what we need. You are not alone. And what the enemy loves to do in any situation is say, this is unique to you. No one's ever dealt with this before. You know, you're alone. And don't tell people. Don't, pe- don't tell people about it because they might judge you or they might think less of you or, you know, there's a whole lot of reasons that people, that the enemy gives to try to isolate us and convince us, you know, you've done too much. You're not worthy. P- other people are more important or you've gone up for that prayer request twice in a row. How dare you go again? People are tired of hearing it. They're tired of talking to you about it. I was talking to a friend recently, and they were like, uh, I feel like a broken record. I don't even want to say this to you. And, I, and, I, and I, just to be honest, like, I looked him in the eye, and I was like, you can tell me this every day for the rest of your life if it's what you're going through. Like, this is what you're going through. I'm not tired of being your friend, you know, and God's not tired of you. So God is with you. He's with you. You're not alone. That's the first thing I think God wanted to say. Second is that he does great things for us. Right? The mighty God has done great things for us. He is a generous God who is a God of abundance. He's a God of more than enough. All right, I'm going to fast forward to a little, hold on. Beep, beep. Don't look at that because you'll need to know it later. Okay, here, look at this. He gives us abundant life. 
John 10, 10. He came that we may have life abundantly. He gets, gives us the Holy Spirit so that we may abound in hope. He gives us abundant peace. He gives us abundant grace. He's a God of abundance. He's a God of more than enough. He's a God who looks at your need and says, let me overwhelm you with my goodness. It's as if we showed up yesterday, instead of one couch and two chairs, we had 400 couches, and we just kept carrying them upstairs. And like, I mean, that wouldn't have been nice, but it would have been generous, right? It would have been abundant. That's God. He's abundant. He gives us more than enough. And we're going to talk about why. But why? So that you can give it away. He gives you more than enough so you can give it away, so that you can literally overflow. Because the world is looking for hope. And the world is looking for peace, right? right? And if we're overflowing that everywhere we go, that's going to be part of our legacy, what we leave behind. All right, F- rewind. And back to this one. I love this verse. I, I don't know if Bruce agrees with me, but I know for sure I've heard him teach on this exact verse from the Amplified. Because when I read this, I heard his voice in my head saying it. So that means I've heard him say it a lot. Do you remember say, teaching on this? Yeah. Absolutely. Liar. All right, here we go. John 1.16. Here we go. And this is from the Amplified. Um, For out of his fullness, out of his abundance, we've received, all had a share, and are all supplied with one grace after another. One spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. Amen. Amen. He is abundant and gracious and generous God. Okay. So pause. I, I, one of our really great weapons and tools as Christians is the power of our testimony. And we wanna, uh, I wanted to break and have a couple people share testimony of God being generous in their life. All right? So we're just going to stop and do that. Um, I really still have some more teaching to give. So testimony givers. 3.3 minutes each. All right? That's what we got. Um, I, will, uh, I will stand up when it's over. <laughs> but, you know, seriously, we want to be done by 1225, the third of you. So who's first? Rod? <laughs> you do what you want. Look, he got his stopwatch on. I love you already. All right. Um, so one way God showed his generosity to me is giving me multiple chances. So um, I got born again. Um, when I was 15, and so y'all know that wasn't too long ago. That's right. But um, anyway, no, but uh, I was 15, and, and I, you know, I didn't go to, my family believed in God, but we didn't go to church regularly. So it was, it was um, um, significant. And then I was, you know, doing a lot of bad things, smoking marijuana, and, you know, and if, you know, grew in a black neighborhood trying to do crime and all that stuff. And uh, the Lord just snatched me up literally out of that. And for about a year and a half, I, I, you know, I was following God. I was reading the Bible on my own, uh, um, you know, worshiping on my own and so on. Got baptized in the spirit in my bedroom by myself. But about a year and a half after that, it just got kind of boring because I was all by myself doing that. And, um, and I walked away from the Lord. And, um, and I just went back going to do the stuff that I New to do, you know, getting high and, 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 you know, doing drugs and trying to do crime and, and, and stuff like that. And, um, and, and, um, in about three and a half years after I walked away from the Lord, I had a, an experience. I was going to a party with a friend of mine and 
I don't know, I just heard the Lord just talk to me. He said, leave your friend and run away and go to your cousin's house. He was a deacon in the church. So I did that and I started going back to church again. That lasted for about two months, you know, until girls started paying me more attention and, you know, and so on. And, and that's a whole nother story because the enemy would send you, you, you women, young guys. He would <laughs> literally send you. Them. But, um, but I walked away from the Lord again. And um, I got a little better. I wasn't in crime as, you know, doing, trying to, you know, do, you know, sell drugs and stuff like that. And um, I was actually in college. But um, so I was, you know, a lot better, you know, if you look at it from the outside, but I was still a mess on the inside. And um, I was going, I went to a party. It was on a Labor Day and it was in Manhattan. We were, and I lived in Long Island in New York. And we were driving back it was about five in the morning uh, with a friend of mine. And I was in the passenger side. My friend was in the front seat. We ran into an overpass. Um, we both fell asleep in the car. And um, I had my seatbelt on. He didn't. Make a long story short, car caught on fire. Somebody pulled me out of the car, but they didn't pull him out of the car. And so the last thing I heard from my friend was, ah, last thing. Horrifying. But anyway, my cousin came to me again and said, God's calling you home. You need to turn back. And I didn't come back. Went back going, you know, partying and doing my the other stuff. But eventually, when I graduated college, I was dating this girl. Her father was a preacher. And he never preached to me one word, but the joy of the Lord was all on him. Just he was always happy, even though he had many things to not be happy about. But that caused me to, to give my life back to God. And then, you know, it just, you know, after going through all that, you kind of get caught on fire and just run passionately for the Lord. But that's how the Lord gave me multiple chances to get it right. Amen. One of you guys, Mariah or Cindy, who wants to go first? All right. Um, Hi. Um, I just wanted to share a quick story. Um, First of all, I want to thank... Christian, you know, for asking me, because I love it about the barn, um, you know, they give you a lot to notice. Um, was that yesterday? Um, but anyway, lots of notice. And I think that, I think the reason they do that now, as I'm thinking about it is because it's not about me. Okay. It's about God. And so, uh, the story that, uh, I was praying about was, um, something that happened to me in 2007 and it's been a while, obviously, but, um, my girlfriend, who is a missionary and a pastor, came to me one day and said, Cindy, I want you to pray about going to Africa. And I said to her, I said, well, you know, Tammy, um, uh, that's just someplace I never want to go. Like, I'm okay with that. I really don't ever want to go there. I'd been to Mexico a couple years before. I loved it. Can I go back there? And she said, um, well, I didn't ask you if you wanted to. I asked you to pray about it. I said, ooh, okay. So... Um, so I did this, now remind you, this was a while back, so this was how my prayers went. So day one, Lord, if you want me to go to Africa, you're going to have to change my heart. That was it. That was my prayer. Went about my day. I teach nursing. I was teaching a class at Immaculata one night, and um, I went in to, for the first night of the class, and there were eight, stu- eight of the 12 students were from Kenya. And I looked out at that sea of faces, and I said, hmm, I wonder if God's trying to tell me something here. Um, but I still wasn't on to him, right? So, and I said to the students, I said, oh, you know, had a chance, could go to Africa. And they're like, oh, our country's so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Went home, went to bed. Next day, 
Lord, if you want me to go to Africa, you're going to have to change my husband's heart. And I knew that wasn't happening. So, <laughs> so I went to Bob that night. I said, oh, I just wanted to tell you, you know, Tammy called me yesterday. And she's, her and Peter are going to Africa. I don't even know when. And um, can I go? That's how I put it because I really didn't want to go, mind you. I didn't want to go. So that's how I put it. And he says, oh, I think that would be great for you. Now, you don't know my husband. That was unheard of. I said, are you, are you kidding me? He goes, yeah, I think that would be a great experience. I'm like, fine. So day three, Lord, if you want to go to, me to go to Africa, you're going to have to do something about these shots thing because, like, I'm a nurse, but I hate shots. I don't even want to get them. I don't want to know about them. So I happened to be in the hospital, was talking to one of the physicians just offhandedly and, <clears throat> and told him, oh, I might have a chance to go to Africa, blah, blah, blah. And he says, well, I have an um, international clinic in Coatesville. I'm like, excuse me, I was born and raised in Coatesville, and there's nothing there. And he said, um, no, I have a clinic. And he gets on the phone, calls his secretary, finds out the shots I need, tells me to come the next day, and he'll give them to me for free. This was day three. I didn't go back yet. I didn't go back. I said, I don't, I don't know what's happening here right now. So, uh, but thank you very much. I'll let you know. So day four, Lord, if you want me to go to Africa, you're going to have to provide the money because, like, I don't have it, right? So I'm sitting at my desk, and the dean walks by, and she goes, hey, what's going on? I'm like, oh, you know. No, this day she says, oh, I just wanted to ask you, would it be possible for you to teach this course this summer? I know you've never taught it before, and we really usually don't need somebody. And I'm like, can you just tell me, like, how much this course is? And you you guessed it. The course was the exact amount of the trip to Africa. Exact. So day five, I'm getting nervous. You know, I'm still, no, seriously. I mean, God has not worked in me like that. He didn't, never like this, right? So day five, I'm getting nervous because now I realize it's not about what I want to do. It's about what he wants me to do. So before this, you know, I wasn't in that place. I was like, oh yeah, me, me. Okay. So anyways, day five, I said, um, I'm thinking, wonder when this trip is. Like, I didn't even know. And so I thought, well, I'm going to call Tammy and find out. And if it's the first two weeks in August, I'll go. That'll be my sign. I'll go. If it's the last two weeks in August, I can't go because I'm back to work. I've been off all summer. So I call her up. I say, Tammy, um, you know how you asked me to pray about this trip to Africa? And I didn't give her any details because she'd be all over that. I said, "Um, I was just curious, you know, when is it? And she says, oh, Pete, when's the trip to Africa? And he goes, the last two weeks in August. I'm like, yeah, I'm off the hook, right? So that's when the dean walks by, and she goes, what's going on? And I said, well, you know, I had this chance. I could have gone to Africa, but I have to be back to work. And she goes, well, when is it? I said, it's the first two weeks we're back in, to school. And she says, well, did you think about emailing the president of the college to see if you could take off? I went, no. No, that thought never occurred to me. Sorry. So, of course, I emailed, and within a half an hour... He's like, sure, you can go. Now I'm off all summer. Sure, you can go. I'm like, oh my God, like what is going on? So went, had the most spectacular experience, went to Heidi Baker's, I mean, all kinds of stuff happened. But what I realized today as I was thinking about why God did this is I have spoken about this journey of God every year with my students, like 140 students. And just this past week, after I gave this kind of testimony, because, you know, I can, I can talk about my experiences, right? I can't proselytize. But right after I gave this message, right after I told them, I had a group of students come up to me afterwards, and they said, 
you know what? We feel like God has gotten us on fire for nursing. We feel like God has put, they start talking about all this and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is so much bigger than me. And so that's why God did that. So I just wanted to share that. Awesome. Isn't this fun? All right, one more. Hi, Mariah. Um, So when Christian asked if we would think of something or a time that God was generous to us, um, I think that the process of um, planning for Aaron and I's wedding and um, leading up to getting married was definitely a time that I experienced God's generosity. Um, because right when we got engaged, I started having, um, this recurring thing where it was almost like strep throat, but it wasn't like testing for that. And so the doctors didn't really know like what was going on. And I was like experiencing it almost every three weeks. So I was on antibiotics, like reoccurring cycle from January into July. Um, and so they were testing me for mono, Lyme disease, and like all my blood results were coming back normal and so they had no idea really what was going on so they recommended me to get my tonsils removed so I went to the um, guy to or ear nose and throat doctor and he didn't want to remove my tonsils because I was an an adult and the risks that came along with that and so um, I was just like feeling like super discouraged but um, in the process we were like buying our first home and of course planning for our wedding but just the way that, like, God provided for those things to fall in place was, like, exciting because I knew, like, this was the plan that God had for my life, even though I was um, experiencing this, like, sickness or whatever it was. And so um, it was cool because it was, like, the week leading up to her wedding, and I had I come down with this case. It was, like, swollen tonsils, fever, body ache. Um, and I was just, like, sick and tired of it. Like, we were, like praying it, it seemed like for so long like that I would be healed and taking communion and all these different things and I was just like I'm not taking antibiotics anymore and I'm just gonna like trust in the Lord and so um my brother-in-law and his wife were here from the Philippines and I remember we were sitting in um our dining room and they laid hands on me and like prayed over me and I remember him saying like like this is like done like you're not gonna have to experience this like ever again and so um and, like, from that day, I, like, my symptoms just, like, went away. And um, I was, like, totally healed on our wedding day. And just, like, the presence of God, like, on our wedding day was just, like, just another, like, way that I experienced God's generosity. Like, his redeeming love was just, like, so tangible. And, like, even though I had to, like, walk through that, like, there were even things that, like, I felt like I had lost because of decisions I had made, like, on my walk leading up to our wedding day that like I just feel like God had like restored like completely and not only did I get to experience that in worship like on our wedding day but there are people here from all different walks like that got to experience the presence of God and just like how they commented on the peace and just the love that they felt like within the ceremony was just like I don't know that was just like God's generosity for me so All right, so let me share with you one more verse. 
Aha, I left the clicker down there. <laughs> okay. All right, 2 Corinthians 9. God is able to bless you abundantly. So we've seen some evidence of that this morning, right? So then in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And then I skipped a few verses just to put these together. You will be enriched in every way so that you can become generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And what I've always loved about this verse is that when God's generous to us, that's not the end. That's not the end game. And I think it's part of it. I think it's part of the purpose is he wants us to know how much he loves us and he wants us to see his generosity in our lives. But it's, it's also that he's generous to us so that we can become more like him. Right? God is generous and so therefore we are called to be generous. We're to become like Christ. And he is the most generous. So as he's generous with us, it's so that we can be generous on every occasion. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. It's an overflow of our lives. So where has God been generous with you? Is it with wisdom? You know, has, has God gifted you with wisdom? Well, don't hoard that for yourselves. We need it. There's people in this room who can really use some wisdom today. Let it overflow. Has God, has he been generous with forgiveness in your life? Has he been generous with healing in your life? Has he been generous with finances in your life? Has he been generous with creativity in your life? Overflow it. Let it rise up and be a blessing to the people around you, both in the body of Christ and outside the body of Christ. You know, I think that's a part of letting our light shine, is letting what God has given us become a blessing to the people around us. Let it be passed on. And then, you know, like we talked about in the beginning, generosity is contagious. As God is generous with you and you are generous with others, they will be generous with others and they will be generous with others. And it brings glory to God. And, and that's just going back to the first prayer of Mary. I love that she says, generations, for generations to come will call me blessed. There's this, there's this passing on that happens. If we share the blessing of God in our life, generations to come will call, you know, will we'll, uh, celebrate who God is. And she ends just, holy is your name. Holy is your name, God. You have done great things. Actually, I want to read the whole thing one more time. My soul glorifies the Lord. God, put us in a place where we could say this, God. Lord, let our hearts become like Mary's in this. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed because the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Can we stand together? We want to, uh, I want to pray for you. Um, so I'd love you to come up for, I know we, had, we did some prayer ministry already, but I'd love to, is there a keyboardist in the house by any chance? Yeah. I wasn't looking right at you, but. We, um, I felt like the Lord told me to, that we should pray for people who are in that place of feeling alone or like, you know, things just aren't working out right now and you you're not seeing that generosity in your life or you're struggling or stuck 
and I want to just pray for you. So if, if that's you, come on up. We'll pray for you. Also, Bruce had a word this morning um, at the first service that there might be some of you who struggle with the overflow. You struggle with being generous. And, and maybe it was how you were raised or, you know, uh, you you're st- you're kind of feel like, you know, I got to hold on to stuff and it's hard to be a giver. And I think God can break you free of that and give you the gift of generosity, actually. So um, if that's you, come up for prayer. And then, you know, anything else. We always pray for the sick. Anyone who's sick or in pain, come up for prayer and prophetic prayer as well. So, Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your generosity. We thank you that you are a giver of good gifts, that you're an abundant giver, God. And we are so undeserving, but you're so gracious. And we bless your name. And I I pray that we could continue to tell of the mighty deeds that you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.